The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. New office location for you guys, Sue. And, and it is business as usual for folks that are trying to reach you. The number hasn't changed, just the town. And uh, thanks. I know you had done some moving over the last week or so, so it's good to have you back on the final bell with us. Thank you very much. It's nice to be back. Let's look at what's happening in the, in this market today. I know that back on Friday we saw a drop in, in the way the markets are trading for the soybeans. Today they've kind of bounced back into some positive territory, and that's how they kind of finished off the trading session. Well, they did. Uh, beans first. Uh, we noticed that overnight they fell kind of hard following through on the pressure from Friday, you know, still dealing with the increase in the yield going pretty much right into um, production or carryout, I should say. And so because of that, it uh, raised the carryout higher than what many were thinking, up to 785 million bushels, which in modern day times is a pretty large carryout, maybe a record. So that in itself uh, sent the market reeling and then followed through last night into this morning at first. But the market also was moving too far, you know, after a 40 cent down day on Friday and, and then moving down last night about 10 cents or so and reaching on the August beans eight, uh, I think it was 838. And our first support for August beans this month was 840. And then on November beans, first support was um, 8.56, and we got down to about 8.52. So the market has reached those first support levels, and it kind of needed to catch its breath. But the good news was that on July 6th, uh, right before, well, just actually right, they got there just right after China put into effect the retaliation tariffs of 25% of U.S. soybean imports, um, a ship, the uh, Peak Pegasus, uh, carrying 70,000 metric tons of U.S. soybeans to China, uh, was into the port of um, Dalian, which is in Liaoning uh, province, and uh, Sinograin had been the buyer of those beans, and that ship made it in just within a short time, within a few days of that going into effect. So it sat anchored, waiting to see what would happen. And finally, after a little over a month, they allowed that ship to unload on Saturday. And Sinograin, of course, was the one taking them. Now, Sinograin is a state-owned agency, so and they'll be reciprocated that 25% tariff back. But what's interesting is all the demurrage on that ship sitting there anchored, waiting to unload, had to be huge. And now there's two more vessels heading there towards that uh, Dalian port. And so we'll see if they get to unload right away or not. That'll be interesting to see. So, um, you know, that was good news. The first actual shipment of U.S. beans since the tariffs went into effect actually getting unloaded. Well, that sent the Chinese domestic market on Dalian down, and they fell like 21 cents or so overnight. Corn was down as well, and um, then Malaysian palm oil fell back to about 38 ringgits. So, so um, it had an effect because before beans had started to turn and take off and run, 
when they thought that U.S. beans wouldn't be coming in and domestic soybeans would be more favored. And they might be more favored as far as government goes, trying to push the price. But it just may be that the U.S. beans were cheaper in value. You know, there was a lot of excitement at the end of last week when the thought was there were beans that were headed to China and sitting in the waters ready to be unloaded. So maybe we've got some positive news because we'd heard for so long that China was back in the market. We just didn't know if they were going to be making that purchase from us or not. Well, that's it. And, and of course, um, uh, the People's Republic um, of China, um, the People's Newspaper, People's Daily Newspaper, um, did say that in their uh, over the weekend that China's going to still be looking at other entities like Canada and also Brazil for soybeans to try to avoid U.S. beans. So they're still trying the rhetoric. But bottom line is the, the country still is going to have to have beans, and they won't be able to get everything. And farmers are over 82% sold on this year's crop, so they're going to, you know, as we go towards fall, they're going to have to be buying beans. But also the fact that the forecast for the next 10 days is pretty non-threatening, mild temperatures, and also accompanied with good rains. In fact, today radar was showing rains moving across Texas and Oklahoma and is expected to work its way up into eastern Kansas, Missouri, and southern Iowa. Those are dry areas. So it's thought that, uh, you know, that might have weighed at first on the market, but then they just kind of blew it off as the day went on. Well, it is good news because we've had some definite warmer temperatures over the last couple of weeks and something that, you know, soybeans are used to having to deal with. But lack of moisture in some areas, is that being factored into concerns by you guys? Not too much. I think, you know, beans are always known to be in August. The August is bean month. And we were wondering how that report would handle, like corn, for example, knowing that the percentage of corn uh, going into dose stage and dent was running about 10 to 14 days ahead of normal. And I was wondering if the USDA would look at that and NAS would say that was a positive or a negative, thinking the crop was getting pushed too fast, maybe it would hurt yield. But they took the crop condition ratings as of August 1st, and knowing the condition of how uh, progressed the crop was, they took it and ramped up the yield four and a half bushels to the acre. So that was a bigger increase than what we normally would see in this report. And of course, bigger than traders were expecting and that sent the market just reeling as well. We have more of the Fontenelle final bell coming up here in just a moment. We'll take a look at more happenings in the corn market as well. The question from one pork producer, is a bottom in place? It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. We look at this market from a corn perspective, and I know that there's a lot of guys that are talking early harvest. I mean, some saying maybe as early as the 1st of September, and we're already seeing the movement of the custom harvesters for chopping, Sue. A little bit early. We're not used to being talking about this stuff mid-August. I agree. Um, when you look at the, the progress that the crop has been doing, it's coming across so fast or, or moving ahead so fast that we thought this would be a year in which corn and soybeans would come together um, or very close together. For one thing, beans are daylight hours no matter what, where the corn 
is, you know, when it's done, it's done. I mean, it's just a matter, it's more susceptible to the weather. And it's just so progressed that the corn crop's coming in. Now, one thing we're thinking is we might see shallow kernels this year, and that would leave lighter test weights, which in essence would cut yields. And I know through the South, their yields are down uh, pretty sharp from a year ago, running 50 to 80 bushels uh, less. So no surprise there. They they produced out of their minds last year. So um, it's going to be interesting, and I hear this in the very good areas that there's, like, southeast Iowa looks the best they've ever looked. And, you know, I hear that out of Nebraska, but yet when guys start getting in the fields, they're seeing that their kernel depth is not that great. Well, we've heard so much talk, even from the soybeans, that there's lots of vegetation. And I think the proof will be in the pudding, shall we say, when the combines start running? That's right. And the thing with beans is they can still be in September and put on, catch a rain and put on five bushels. So the beans have potential yet because of the daylight hour situation. And we've got rain in the forecast and so one to three inch rains. And so I think a person needs to keep that in mind that that could be a saving grace for beans in Missouri, Arkansas, you know, parts of Illinois, Indiana. You know, Tennessee, Kentucky, beans that are going to catch some rains in those areas, which is a very timely thing for the soybean crops. So if I had a crop to crop, I almost think the beans could outdo the corn. Good to think about. Understand that there's some purchases of corn headed to Mexico. Yes, there is. Corn and soybeans both were announced today. And so that was really good. And so, um, but you know, one thing we have to keep in mind is with, in fact, the corn for going to Mexico, a chunk of it, well, about 71,000 metric tons of it, is even for 2019-2020. So another whole crop year out besides the 2018-19 delivery. So I thought that was very impressive or interesting. And the thing is, keep in mind, Mexico's had drought just like Texas has. So Um, And I'm not sure just how well they're catching the rains like Texas is. Jump over to the livestock side. A pork producer wants to know, Sue, is a bottom in the marketplace? Well, I tend to think so. Um, A little over, about a week ago, we noticed that the hogs, and especially October's, but August too, was the October hogs was sitting right on a trend line sitting on the trend line that goes back across all the lows to 2009. And so, and there was um, a very good uh, monthly support there as well. And so we felt like that was no time to be selling hogs, that this market was going to get a rally. Well, then the very next day, you know, the market turned and just came out of there like gangbusters, went limit up. Then on Friday was up about 200 points and then gave it all up. Today it put it back on. But we did not get the high out of Friday, and so before the day was done, and we were right up against uh, resistance levels as well, so moving averages, so the market turned and fell back. So we have an inside, or not an inside, we had a little bit of a lower low than Friday, and now we did close higher. So we need to see the market turn around now and come back up and take today's and Friday's highs out, and in doing so, that will set the market more in motion. You've got uh, China dealing with African uh, swine fever, and that's a major thing. It's very contagious. 
And I, from what I'm hearing, that's shifting demand towards beef over in China. And that while the prices of beef have increased over there, from my understanding, because of the tariffs, the importers are not passing on that increased cost to their customers yet. Will we see that happen anytime soon? I think if it, if, you know, if something happens that those tariffs stay in place very long, then they may. But with the African swine fever, I would suspect that's shifting demand away from port to beef. All right, sounds good. Sue, what's the best way for folks to reach you if they want to talk some more markets? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, or they can call the local number, 515-832-6140, if they're on the cell phone. Whichever way they want to reach us, they can do it. All right, sounds good. Sue Martin, join us at Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.